0: Good morning. It's March 1st. Time to pay those bills. It is a beautiful morning in New York City, and this is your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the day and the news. And yowza, there is a lot of news this morning, starting with the defeat of Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot in the first round of the city's mayoral election last night. The people of Chicago seem to be patting themselves on the back for getting rid of a mean, off-putting weirdo mayor after a single term, which is pretty bold for a city that re-elected Rahm Emanuel. But New York's own Mayor Kopp was rambling something this week about how he doesn't believe in the separation of church and state, so mayors are mayors, mayors are freaks. Who will the next mayor of Chicago be? 66% of the voters in the first round did not vote for first-place finisher Paul Vallis. One of the downsides of doing these audio segments is having to look up how to say people's names rather than just silently reading and typing them. Another downside is that the voice memo app on the Apple operating system seems to corrupt its files in mid-recording if you do too many takes, which is why you'll be hearing this sometime well after 10 a.m. But back to the Chicago mayor's race. Second place finisher Brandon Johnson saw 80% of the voters not vote for him. So Chicago moves on toward an April 4th runoff between Vallis, a belligerent cop lover, and Johnson, a progressive. The people of Chicago can surely look forward to a constructive effort by each candidate to positively attract voters to their side as the national press respectfully listens to the concerns of Chicago without imposing any sort of pre-existing narratives about law and order or other generic frameworks onto the particular municipal decision. Eli Lilly and company suddenly announced this morning that it will be capping the cost of insulin at $35 out of pocket for patients. The New York Times, in its quickly posted news story, says that the company announced it would be doing it to help Americans who may have difficulty navigating a complex health care system that may keep them from getting affordable insulin. The complexity of the healthcare system being that the healthcare system contained Eli and Company, which charged too much money for insulin. And Politico has a real banger about Leonard Leo, the man who leveraged his position as the head of the scrupulously insistently non-political Federalist Society into a role as the operative who more or less single-handedly dictated the disposition of four consecutive Supreme Court appointment processes, first by blocking Merrick Garland under Obama. Then by telling Donald Trump the names of the people he should appoint to the court, since Trump didn't really care, thereby creating the unbreakable six-justice right-wing bloc that happily threw out Roe v. Wade and the concept of gun control, all of that is just background. In the foreground, Politico is reporting that a network of political nonprofits that Leo formed moved at least $43 million to a new firm he is leading, raising questions about how his conservative legal movement is funded. As usual, raising questions means supplying answers, and the answer is that it's funded by far-right billionaires pouring money down a tube into his throat like he's a foie gras goose, and turning him in the process from an austere little ideological nerd living on a normal low-mid six-figure Washington, D.C. professional salary into a real high roller since 2016 politico writes his recent wealth accumulation has included two new mansions in maine four new cars private school tuition for his children hundreds of thousands of dollars in donations to catholic causes and a wine buyer and locker at morton's steakhouse according to politico's review of public records there's some fretting in the piece from people who are still trying to sell the federalist Society as anything other than what it is by the contradiction between leo's public image as a devout sincerely pious daily mass-going catholic and the fact that he's rolling around in a big pile of money like Jimmy Swagger, The story notes that Leo has maintained close ties to at least one Supreme Court justice, Clarence Thomas, and that Virginia Thomas gave him an award and called him a mentor during a ceremony at a Trump Hotel in 2017. Justices, the story notes, are not subject to the same conflict of interest rules as members of Congress, the executive branch and other U.S. judges. But Leo's close relationship with the Thomases raises questions about his access to other justices he campaigned for now that they are issuing the rulings his donors desire, said Kyle Herrig, president of Accountable.us and raises questions yet again, means provides answers. The phrase other justices he campaigned for sort of gives it away. It's all vile and gross and certainly appears to be violating the premise of operating nonprofits, but the central question or mystery is no question or mystery at all. The reason Leonard Leo is getting all this money is because the people who paid him to put those justices on the Supreme Court are going to more than make it back from the rollback of the regulatory state. That's the news. If you enjoy the Indignity Morning Podcast, please share it with a friend and please subscribe to Indignity so that we can keep on doing this. If you don't enjoy the Indignity Morning Podcast, please also subscribe to Indignity so that we can write more stuff for you to read on the page. Take care of yourselves. We will talk again tomorrow.